Yeah, I've got it. And I've got 10 seconds of audio somewhere. And if I can find where on my computer the audio <laughs> is, then I'll have the confidence to say, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Conklin. How are you? I hope you're good. Did you like that little David? David, that that intro is by a guy named David Proven, and you're going to meet David Proven and Drew Ray. You're getting a lot of Drew Ray exposure here. I don't know if you know if it's coming or not, but it's coming. Uh, because today, I talked to them a lot about their new podcast called The Safety of Work, or The Work of Creating Safety, which I didn't. That's not my little cleverness. That's exactly what Drew told me. Those two guys got together and decided they'd start a podcast that looks one a week, which is quite a, uh, that is an aggressive schedule, boys. That's all I'm telling you. One a week, they're going to look at podcasts and they're going to determine um, what, no, they're going to look, not at podcasts, what am I saying? They're going to look at academic papers and they're going to discuss these academic papers to determine the scholarliness and expose us to them. So it's pretty, I think it's actually exciting. If you're a safety student, it's not exciting. It's it's like a lit review being done in real life right before your ears. So that's pretty cool. Um, there's hard, I mean, I can't think of a way to complain about that. Um, but it, I, I think it's going to be a great podcast. I, it, it, there's three or four out now, and I've listened to them, of course, which is part of the reason why um, I asked them to be on the podcast. I, the, the other reason is I just am really quite impressed with what's going on here. I think it's, it's, it's I, you'll hear. I mean, it's worth listening to. They're pretty academic, but I mean, it's a- academic kind of in a good way. You, you definitely learn about how scholars are thinking. So give it a shot. Why not give it a try? As for me, <laughs> well, I have so much to share and there's so much going on. Um, but mostly I'm just really working hard to see that the end of the year is winding down. Is that, is this going to, this may be a first of the year podcast. I can't decide where I am in the cycle of things, uh, but nonetheless, it's, we're right at the cusp of the new decade. That's a good way to say that. Do you like how I said that? I like that. I think that was impressive. In fact, I think that was quite impressive. So there we go. Right. And because we're at the cusp of the new decade, you know, just busy and crap with normal stuff, making things happen. This next year is going to be an interesting year because I have to, have to, have to, have to, have to be better at managing my schedule and slowing down. If I don't, it's uh, it's going to be bad. I already told you the crazy thing about burnout in our business is by the time you know you're burnout, it's too late. You're burnout, and so I'm going to try to really manage the impact I have on uh, the world and also the impact I have on myself. That's my goal. But other than that, I'm super happy and everything's grand. I'm excited. Lots of interesting and fun stuff to talk to you about. But maybe we should jump into this this podcast. This podcast features David Proven and um, Drew Ray. And they introduce themselves greatly on their podcast. So I kind of want to save the time on our end and just kind of jump in and hear what they have to say. It's a, it's an interesting conversation. I think you'll like the conversation a lot. I use the old podcast sneakeroonie where you start it without telling them. They're new. They don't know this is, you know, how it's done. But it worked out pretty well. And I think you'll find it, uh, well, 
give it a listen and see what you think. Sit back and relax because here is the Safety of Work podcast on the Pre-Accident Podcast just for you. We'll talk on the other side. Here we go. So how's it going, you guys? We're good. I think we're good. How do you feel about the podcast? It rocks. I'm so pleased with what you guys are doing. We've started. It just feels like it's just not quite natural enough yet. Don't you think that'll come with time? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully people hang in there. It should come with time. And you guys yeah. sit separately when you do this? How do you, how do you guys do the logistics on it? Uh, so David sits down there in Melbourne and I sit up here with uh, Skype on in the background and we wave whenever we want to interrupt each other. <laughs> it works pretty well. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. It, it seems really kind of fun and it's interesting. Are you getting a lot of hits? Uh, well, a lot's probably a relative conversation with you, Todd. Um, we're getting we're getting about 300 an episode for the first few. So that's not a bad start. I bet we can fix that. We I can- saw a stat that I saw a stat that said if you get more than 136 downloads an episode, you're in the top 50% of podcasts. So that was that was the place to start. Yeah, that is. There are 700,000 podcasts available on the web. Of those 700,000 podcasts, 690,000 of them don't get over 20 listens. So, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, you, you know, you, you've already made it to the top. It's just yeah. such a nice, I mean, it's, it's the, the repartee you guys have with each other is just really nice. And I like what you're doing. It's such, it's, it's just really high value and it's fun to listen to. I think it's, it's doing really well. Um, what was the, what was your thinking about it? What, 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 what made you guys start? What was your idea, David? So I'm waiting for you to jump in and explain. Ah, uh, are we are we are we underway? Are we are we still uh, making friends at the start, or are we uh, mid recording? <laughs> oh, we're going. Ah, we're going, good. man. Okay, this is cool. the podcast. No this is cool. You always want to kind of sneak into the interview. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've spent a long part of my career disconnected from the academic world probably a decade or more where I was just I'd done my first study and then I was just going through the motions doing what the organization expected of me and then I kind of paused and reflected about whether what I was doing was adding any kind of value and sort of re-explored the wide world and found all these people like yourself Todd and Sydney and Dave Woods and Eric and others with all these ideas that were you know made a lot of sense to me so that was kind of the start of my journey maybe 10 years ago to uh to connect with the academic world. And then when I did my PhD, I just found that the safety profession just doesn't have an evidence-based approach to its practice, just doesn't know what science is out there, doesn't know what what can help um, improve safety in the workplace. So that started the idea and didn't quite know how we we're going to do that. But Drew had a had a, a sort of a podcast that I really enjoyed, Disastercast, and said, hey, you know, maybe practitioners don't read uh, don't read articles, but maybe they listen to podcasts. Well, so, you know, Marshall McLuhan, right, the, the famous Canadian theorist said the, the medium is the message. And uh, I actually think podcasts really tap into an entire audience out there that, that spends a lot of time driving from site to site and commuting on planes, fly in, fly out. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a reinforcement. It's, it's a way to get to people that I think is incredibly effective. 
Um, and people seem to like it because it's conversational. And that's the part I think is really appealing is that it's not only a chance for you guys to tell us what you're thinking between each other, but it's an opportunity for us to sort of build a relationship with you guys, parasocial at best, but still a relationship that kind of makes us feel like we're on the inside with you guys. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really hate the sort of podcast, which is just two blokes talking to each other. And, and so, yeah, we're, we're really hoping that we can get it more than a two-way conversation um, or it's going to get very stale very, very quickly, not just for people listening, but for us too. Well, I, th I think that's going to happen, Drew. You guys, there's already sort of a feeling of kind of this inside, uh, you know, getting to be a spy on the wall, a fly on the wall, a spy in the room to listen to what's happening. And I, I think it's great. And and when you guys banter with one another, I, I especially like it when you disagree with each other, which you haven't done a lot, but I kind of like it when it happens. Yeah, yeah, we're still working on the unscripted banter side of the podcasting world. It's um, yeah, n n not, not as easy as some people make it seem. Are you guys, it's an ominous task to do one a week. Are you worried about that? Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, I think it's uh, it's it's important to both Drew and I that uh, you know we get as much of the evidence out there and and share it. And it's also a lot of fun. You know, it's a load of fun to to work together and learn something new when you're preparing each episode and and talk about it. So at the moment we're a few weeks in front, and the aim is to try to keep a few weeks in front. But uh, but uh, time will tell. And it will. Time is a it's a, it's a commitment. There's no question about it. How do you feel about the fact that you're confronting magical thinking and safety i mean it, it's hard it, it's really hard I, the the biggest probably most public discussions i've had is with non-empirically based ideas sort of magical safety thinking that if we just watch workers closely enough all accidents will go away people are really loath to let go of that have you felt any pressure from that yeah i I mean, the pressure is always there. I think um, people are very much uh, outputs of their their career experience, and and people have been doing this for ten or twenty or thirty years. And to try to challenge, you know, how they've reinforced their own experience throughout their career is very difficult. Even with evidence, it's it's uh, or, or empirical research is difficult. So, you know, we're going to confront that on certain topics, but I think we're also trying to be, you know, very neutral in in our ideas and just kind of present what the research shows. So. Yeah, that's we we're probably not not setting out to do a a new view or a safety differently type of podcast. We're setting out to disseminate the safety science research. No, and, I, and I and I appreciate that. I think that makes good sense. I mean, I think I think that's nice that you're you're really you're really allowing us the opportunity to see where you're interested and what you're reading, and you guys are probably actively searching articles and searching topics. I think that's really good. The challenge I have is that. There's a certain amount of vested interest that the safety community has in the old way of thinking. And um, and I think that's kind of threaded its way into the academy for sure. And it's not popular to question some ideas. And sometimes questioning those ideas in that not popular way can create a little bit of resistance. And I think that's part of what's charming and fun about your podcast. It's also going to be part of what's most interesting about the way people listen to it. Um, it it's going to be fun. Yeah, honestly, what I found hardest is not being able to 
uh, based on because we've got self-imposed rules that we're supposed to make this as empirical as possible and pull up papers that have got evidence there's a lot of interesting stuff that we find it hard to discuss just because there's nothing empirical out there um so you know we, we've none of our episodes that either that we've done or in the queue so far are really safety differently style episodes just because there's a real lack of good empirical work out there on something that we're both really interested in. Well, and don't you think the implications for future research, don't you think you will set sail many young graduate students' mind in topic selection for what they'll study and get their degrees in? I mean, that's kind of exciting to think about it that way. Uh, if nothing else, I, I would love to have some young researchers who are trying to decide what to do just Stop, stop and think about what are the options available to them rather than falling into some of the mistakes that have already been made um, and that, yeah, that we've already made. I think in our own research, there are dead ends. You just don't want to see other people stumble into that same space. Um, it's also interesting. I put up a thing on LinkedIn asking for future topic suggestions. And what came back was less a list of papers we should review and more, hey, this would make a great research agenda. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a way, you're kind of doing a it's kind of an audible literature review. If if they listen to everything in a row, it's it's a, a pretty good way to get exposed to a lot of literature. Yeah, well, eventually, maybe, you know, but, but, but eventually after a couple of hundred episodes, it uh, if someone wants to spend 50 or 60 hours listening through a, through a um, hundred episodes, they might get a pretty good overview of what's in the safety science literature. Well, and I think you guys are interesting and sexy enough to do that. So I'm saying it's a potential. Yeah, what I'm really interested to find out is whether anyone listens to the podcast and then goes and reads the papers. That was always what I was worried about with Disastercast is you tell a great story and you give people the references and you really worry that then sort of micro version of the story is what's going to then perpetuate. And I was pleasantly pleased, actually, just how many people, you know, if I forgot to put up the original accident report, how many people asked for it. And yeah, yeah we're kind of hoping that'll happen with this, too, is that people won't just take our discussion. They'll want to read it for themselves and draw their own conclusions. And one of the things that I've thought about that would be really an interesting addition is why don't you uh, why don't you give us some questions to think about that you, you may not have answers to that sort of drive us in, back to the literature so that we can actually delve in and, and see for ourselves. That that would be a kind of a fun way to engage the listener and kind of move beyond the two-person banner. And it might be kind of cool. And there's definitely questions. I I think that's a very interesting potential outcome. Yeah, we know there's we know there's a lot of data and a lot of you know a lot of evidence within organizations that doesn't always see the light of day outside the organization. So you know, there's, there's some, there's definitely areas. We had someone come and ask us, "Hey, do an episode on on leading indicators for safety." And and you know, that it's one of those areas. Like, there's a lot of areas that there's not much in the empirical data, but we know there's a whole lot of organisational experience with some of these ideas. And yeah, you know, that's a great idea, Todd. Maybe we can just ask some questions and just see who comes back with the best type of answers. Yeah, that kind of inclusion would be kind of kind of fun. I mean, it's really interesting. Are you? Uh... Are you, uh, so this is going to be a dumb question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Are you having difficult finding articles you want to talk about? Uh, we, we've had difficulty agreeing on what articles to talk about. 
you know, we've each thrown up articles that the other person's had one look at and said, no, I'm not talking for half an hour about that one, or I'll just spend the whole time you know, criticising it or riffing off it. Um, and we found there's, there are already a few people doing a really good job of identifying interesting articles. And so we sort of uh, use people like Ben Hutchinson, reviews a few articles on LinkedIn every week. Um, and so I tend to go through the ones that he recommends to see if there's anything interesting there. Um, and then sometimes it's more topic led. We'll have something we want to talk about and we'll say, okay, let's go away and find a good article about that. Yeah, but normally, normally what happens is I say, hey, here's a really good paper that I think people are going to want to hear about. And then Drew just tears apart the methodology that the researcher used and said, I can't talk about this. <laughs> and, and yet, and yet the criticism that Drew gives is so gentle and academic that it's more interesting than offensive. And that, and that's, I think, a big part of your guys' charm as well. Is you're the kindest critic in the world, Drew, and I appreciate that in you. Oh, oh th th this is after we've chosen the article. The um, criticism of the rejected ones is not so kind. <laughs> We'll keep those out. Don't don't include us in those. We don't want to hear. We don't want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah, actually, that, that's something that we've struggled with at the university is we kept starting uh, reading groups, which are a popular thing to do with PhD students. You know, everyone picks a few papers and gets around each week and discusses them. And the students complained because every session just degenerated into Sid Decker and I sort of trying to compete with each other to rip the paper apart. Um, which was not at all helpful or constructive. Um, so yeah, we're trying to get away from that, trying to give people a bit of information about how the sausage is made for research so that they understand you know, what are the limitations, but we don't want to get into criticizing. We want to pick good examples of research. And and talk about in, a, in sort of an applied, well, maybe applied is not the right word, but talk about research methods in a way that people who are actually doing the work in the field can appreciate and understand the importance of research methods, which I think you guys are doing a beautiful job at. Yeah, it was one of the objectives, you know, was to try to make uh, practitioners better consumers of, of academic research. So they need to understand methodology and, and research design. So, so we do take a bit of time to explain that, but uh, you know, there's also a huge amount of opportunity for practitioners to use these methods in their day-to-day -day work, like ethnographic research methods or survey-based um, data gathering if they know how and when to to design and use that um, those methods so you know we'd we'd like practitioners to become you know researchers you know more more reliable researchers themselves and and i really noticed that i the the third podcast which i call the homage to margaret mead uh kind of the participant observer podcast i thought was really quite well done and did invite sort of the notion of ethnographic kind of qualitative studies into the discussion in a very, very comforting and effective way. Good work. We were trying to do a similar one. Uh, I think due to both technical difficulties and my lack of coherence, we might need to re-record it. Uh, but we've got one in the queue about uh, surveys. Um, and that's another one where you know, practitioners use surveys all the time, even if they don't think about themselves as doing research. Every time we do a climate scale, that's a survey. And so we thought that would be a useful one to talk about survey design and um, how you can tinker with it to make it more effective. Certainly. Now, you know, my theory on surveys, you can't dump them fast enough. 
It's the it's the worst intervention you could do to an organization. And safety really rides them in kind of, especially around climate and culture, in really kind of an odd way. So anything you can do to help educate the community around surveys would be valuable at every level. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think just just once we go beyond methodology, you know, it was always my hope because most of my career was on the practitioner side of the fence. It was always my hope that we could be as as direct and practical as we could at the end of each episode about, you know, what the hell this means for for people in their day to day work. So, you you know, that's an ongoing effort of ours to just try to make it as as practical and, and helpful as we can for people to take it forward in their own jobs. Nice. And build community. I mean, I like how you guys invite people in. And I think that's that's really important. And that's nice for the practitioner because they don't have to worry about sort of lofty academic language. This is just a discussion where you invite people in to talk about some pretty interesting stuff that's being done that we should be aware of and helping them understand the legitimacy of actually going out and really determining significance in a real way. That's pretty important. That's cool. What's next? Yeah, if you mean what's what, if you mean what's next by way of topics so that we talk? Sorry. No, no, no. I'll I'll allow the topics to sort of appear to us magically, but uh, <laughs> where do you where do you guys see this heading? Because at some point, you're gonna probably run out of articles, don't you think? Well, I don't know. I've got a thousand in my um in my EndNote library, so there's probably at least 200 OK ones in in that queue, um, which gets us the first few years un underway. Um, but yeah, look, you know, maybe there's topics, maybe then we need to change formats and, and move around. You know, I think Drew and I have spent a bit of time exploring uh, parent disciplines of safety science, you know, psychology and organizational theory and management science. And, and you know, there's a whole lot of learning that we can get from, from you know, if we think about safety as a transdisciplinary science. So I think there'll be, there's, there's endless opportunities for us to bring empirical research to safety practitioners. And I think so long as we've both got reading that we want to do ourselves, we've always got stuff we can bring to the podcast. And yeah, I know that my list of things that I want to read from organisational science or from behavioural psychology um, still has a stack of papers and some of them have got to be worth talking about. Oh, absolutely. To me, the most interesting work being done now is being done around behavioral economics. That stuff, I think, is really interesting and applies directly to what we're thinking about. Yeah, and we, um, I mean, Drew and I have spent a bit of, work, bit of time in the last couple of years in institutional theory, particularly institutional work and institutional logics, and just how, um, how people construct their reality within institutional settings and how it then drives their um, their interactions and their behaviours um, and their priorities. And, you know, it's a huge amount to leverage into safety from uh, from that body of work. I'm thinking of, like, James Barker at Dalhousie, who's got all this stuff on um, organisational complexity that I think is really sexy and interesting and hasn't found its way, although I've tried hard, it hasn't found its way very much into safety thinkers. Because um, I think in a little, in some ways... We tend to contain ourselves in the safety community, um, and we probably shouldn't. It's probably not a, a good place for us to stay. Yeah, I repeatedly find myself referring to stuff that I learned in computer science when we're talking about safety. 
and I know it irritates David a little bit when I trot out the computer science metaphors, um, but you, there's very little in safety that someone in some other field hasn't already thought about with quite an interesting angle. Uh, we had a conversation with one of my PhD students during the week uh, where we were talking about how documents work in organisations and the conversation sort of shifted towards talking about the difference between specifications and requirements. And so I, I think you know, there, there's an endless pool of things that are outside that immediate bubble of safety knowledge that we can talk about and it won't always be relevant to everyone, but hopefully it'll at least be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you guys, thanks for your time. This was such a great opportunity to get to talk to you. And uh, thanks for doing this. It, it means a lot. And I think a bunch of people will listen to you. I think it's good. Thanks, Todd. I think, um, you know, one of the criticisms that practitioners have is they can't, you know, even if they want to, they, they can't get their hands on the safety science research because of its paywall, you know, and that's increasingly becoming uh, less of an issue. But, uh, you know, podcast is free, it's there. And if, if people want a particular paper or a particular question answered, then all they have to do is just jump on and send us a note and they'll get it four to six weeks later. Perfect. Can't ask for anything better than that. Oh, we could do a podcast, you know, an academic's guide on how to pirate academic papers. But um... <laughs> I think that's already been done. Look in business schools. I think business schools will help you find that one. Definitely. Thanks, you guys. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. And there you have it. That's the podcast. What do you think? I mean, I'm curious what you're thinking for just a couple of reasons. I think some, some, got, some gizmo got turned someplace. How's that? Is that better? Is that worse? How's that sound? Okay, yeah, I'm curious what you're thinking. So first and foremost, um, I don't know whether to complain or be amazed by the fact that we're sitting in three different places globally and we interviewed each other for this podcast. Technology is amazing. I mean, we just got on and interviewed. The problem is, is I think the fidelity of Drew's voice is not as good, both in our interview and on the podcast as it should be. That's, that's, I'm nitpicking there. I mean, that's nitpicky. Um, but it's, it was a great conversation. I'm pretty stinking impressed with what these guys are doing. It, it, from, a, from a standpoint of, of people who are doing academic studies, if you're in a program, this is kind of a miraculous podcast. I mean, because it's, it's a ton of information just available and waiting for you. That's pretty cool. I also think it's pretty interesting. I'd be curious what you think as well. Um, it's a great place to learn. It's different than than pre-accident for sure, where we're just kind of having conversations and yammering. It's it's certainly much more formal, and, uh, and it really is an academic discussion about academic things, uh, especially involving the study of safety science, which is, uh, I think, good and bad. It's good because it really helps with legitimacy, and I think legitimacy is an issue that we should talk about. It's it's bad because it tends to be kind of in a non-applied, uh, more of an academic view, but I, I just really like the way it's going. I think you will too. But here's my challenge. Listen to some and see what you think. I could be full of crap. I have been full of crap many times before, so this isn't necessarily a new thing for me, but I really want you to give it a try. That That's it. Here we go. Let's start a new decade together and see how much fun we can have. I almost can guarantee you more fun than we're deserving. 
if that's okay. I think we can do that. But until then, my friends, learn something new every single day, and you've started that journey today for sure. Have as much fun as you possibly can, and for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. Be safe.